give, give, give and never expect anything back. I think you need to take that concept and flip it on its head. Okay, I am gonna give, give, give. That person I'm gonna give, give, give to though is gonna be myself. So <laughs> I'm following your rules. I'm just doing it in the way that you don't like if I'm talking to society. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Beauty Witch Podcast and I'm your host, Velamore. So welcome to episode number one. Today we're gonna be discussing the definition of a beauty witch to kick off this podcast. Um, the actual title of the episode, I think, is What the Heck is a Beauty Witch? Glamour Magic Beauty Rituals Self-Care and Why All That Matters to Your Spiritual Practice. And before we really jump into the episode, the first thing I want to say is if you're here, you belong here. So if the term beauty witch drew you in, made you intrigued, or something that you already identify with, I want to let you know that you have found your community. Of course, I'm sure there's many different communities across the internet of beauty witches, but this is one of them that you are welcome to join at any time. I am pleased to have you here, and I just wanted to give you that little welcome. So before we can actually jump into the true meat of the podcast, we're going to do our very first segment, which is called the Zen Session. Okay, so the Zen Session, what the heck is that? That is the very first segment of the podcast of every single episode where we do something pretty Zen. Maybe it is um, a guided meditation, maybe it is doing just some breath work, journaling, um, maybe we're reading tarot or other forms of divination or crafting something. It's just Zen, baby. Like, it's just all Zen to get us in the mood. And today, we're not really going to be doing anything like a guided meditation or whatever, but instead, I'm going to be selecting a card from the Rider Waite Tarot deck to represent this podcast and all of us here. And so, um, that's what I, so if you're curious, that is what I use the Rider Waite for. I use it for, um, archetypal cards. I like right now I have the magician card taped into my um, journal, like my um, not scheduler, like planner thing. And it's from this deck. So we have quite a selection here. We have um, the nine of pentacles. We have the queen of pentacles. Queen of wands. I really like she has a sunflower. Queen of Cups and the Queen of Swords. Her crown looks like it's made out of butterflies. Then we have um, some major arcana cards, quite a few. We have Lovers, the Star, the Empress, the World, and the High Priestess. And you can see I picked a majority of um, female cards, like cards with a lot of women in them. I personally identify with women because um, I am a cis woman. Um, but I think actually the card I want to pick is the lover's card after just like going through these. Just because there's a male and female. The lovers are the world. I think I'm gonna do the male and female or the lovers. So we have a male and female here. They sort of have a, like, Adam and Eve type of symbolism. You have this snake on um, a fruit tree, and you have a, fr a tree, another tree that looks like it's on fire, and you have sort of, like, 
a god goddess angel symbol here pushing them together i really like this because it speaks of like a genesis but also it speaks to love and romance um and i believe that beauty witchery is all about loving yourself radically like almost to the point that it's um uh um i'm trying to find a good word almost to the point to where it is like people are astounded by it um by how much you love yourself how much you devote yourself to yourself and we'll talk more about that that philosophy of self-care later in this episode so i'm gonna put the lovers i'm gonna pick the lovers and i'm gonna put it up back here you can't see if you're listening i am also filming this on youtube and I have a background that's really blurry, and I'm gonna put this right here on my background, and it'll just stay there for us, so that way every time we have a podcast episode, you can see your lover's card back there. So, that's our zen session. This one wasn't as zen. The episode for next week will probably be way more zen, but thank you for joining me um, for this very first zen session. Okay, so now we're into the actual like meaty part of the podcast and we're going to just jump right into it. So what the heck is a beauty witch? Like really? And a lot of these definitions are going to come from me personally and my own created definition. If you don't align with any of these definitions, I suggest creating your own or finding one that you do align with. Don't feel like you're forced to have anything to do with me or my definitions. Like after this episode, if you hate all of this, just leave. Um, I am in no way like the only authority on this, but this is, and all of this is so totally biased towards my personal um, craft because I identify as a beauty witch. But to me, what when I would define somebody who is a beauty witch versus not, it comes down to the philosophy behind their practice and what kind of magic they're doing in the majority of their practice. And to me, that that like philosophy is all self-devotion and the type of practice is self-care. So here's my actual definition I give. It is beauty witches think about ways they can heal their emotional wounds, tend to their inner child, explore their deepest secrets, and manifest their highest good, all with self-devotion and self-care. And of course, you're probably thinking, okay, self-care is not beauty. Self-care is uh, way more broad <laughs> than beauty. So why is beauty not at all in that definition? And I have two reasons. The first is a lot of people conflate self-care and typical like skincare beauty routines like bath bombs, face masks, stuff like that. And two, because for me, in my experience and practice, the beauty aspect is honestly the ways, like the funnest way to get to the self-care. But since the philosophy is all devotion, the only way to get there is through pure self-care. Mm. I have like 50 drinks over here. I have, I actually have two, but um, I have this water and this coffee. I'm going to try not to edit this podcast period, so you're going to have to deal with this. 
Um, but that's my definition of a beauty witch. But when I do think of a beauty witch, especially myself, so like if I think of myself and all the things I love and my own personal philosophies, I do truly believe in self-devotion as my core tenet of my witchcraft. I'm not somebody who believes in deities. Oh, believe is a strong word. I'm not somebody who follows or prescribes to any deities or um, more religious aspects. I don't really follow any sort of Wicca at all. I've sort of abandoned all of the traditional um, count, like Wheel of the Year, which was like basically the very last piece of Wicca that I sort of held on to after learning about witchcraft. I feel like a lot of people do that, um, especially a lot of people who their only introduction to witchcraft is via the internet and it's typically wicca they get introduced to witchcraft through wicca and then they eventually abandon it i mean there's tons of people who stay with it like don't get me wrong but most of the people i know who aren't wiccan who weren't taught witchcraft from um a family member or somebody outside of their i'm like rambling why i told myself i'm not gonna edit this so why am i rambling anyway Anyway, me, I personally, I personally don't, like, ascribe to any religious doctrine or deities. I don't have any um, historical or ancestral witchcraft in my family that I'm aware of, that my ancestors are aware of. Like, I also am of the philosophy that there are a lot of witches out there who don't know there are witches. My best friend is one. She literally speaks things into existence, and it's scary sometimes. And I recently told her about it, and she's like, yeah, I do do that. And I'm like... <sighs> Can you, like, speak all of my goals into existence, please? <laughs> um, can you just, like, can I tell you what to say? And you just say it out loud, really loud, and so it'll come true. But, um, and so I don't, there could totally be, like, those kind of witches in my family, but I'm not aware of any. And so all of my love of witchcraft has come from, oh, I also have, I also am not somebody who wants to become eclectic. It's just not my thing. I don't want to potentially steal anything from other cultures. That's just something I really deeply care about. And so what I do is I push it all back towards myself. I'm also agnostic. And so I, uh, while I believe in ghosts and aliens and things like that, I wouldn't necessarily say I believe in higher astral beings. So it's, it would be really hard for me to um, devote myself to a deity. I tried. I did a whole thing around Persephone. I tried with um, Brahid a long, long time ago. Um, Hecate. I feel like a lot of people choose Hecate because she's awesome. I love their archetypes, but I could not find myself devoting myself to them in totality, let alone as actual divine beings. So for me, I turn it all back on myself and I make it very psychological. And the beauty aspect helps me do that. Um, it helps make things feel really sacred when I treat the things that I have complete control over, like the, my appearance and my immediate surroundings. Um, when I'm able to practice with that kind of stuff, use plant medicine, herbalism, things like that to help me devote myself to myself, it feels extremely sacred and it really helps my spirituality. So for me, beauty witchcraft is more than just 
the the beauty part it's all of it it like self-care you can't have or self you can't have self-devotion without the self-care and so that's the whole point and of course I use beauty as a main concept I'm also like a huge makeup junkie and stuff like that so um besides that <laughs> so after I just rambled like all of my own personal problems I wanted to give you the analogy of kitchen witches and beauty witches a kitchen witch just even though they love to use cooking to brew up their spells, that's not the only way that they create magic. Um, I'm sure there are many of many a kitchen witch who does other type of witchcraft. Maybe they also garden, and a huge part of their craft comes from plants. Maybe they have a pr journaling practice, and so that's how I see beauty witchcraft is very multifaceted um, and focused on self care. But one of the main or the best specialty they have is around beauty. So maybe they get an A plus in beauty and just an A in everything else. And personally, you could just call her a self-care witch, but that doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? So what does a beauty witch do? Okay, all right, you're like, yeah, I like, I like the term beauty witch. I've definitely tried to focus on self-devotion and self-care in my practice. I could, I could call myself a beauty witch, but what do I do? Do I just put like Instagram glam makeup on every day and then take a long luscious bath? every night and have like a like super expensive Tatcha skincare routine? Is that what I'm supposed to do? No. <laughs> um, and you're also probably like, wait a minute, I thought like one of the core components of witchcraft is just self-care in general. Uh, that is true. Or at least I've noticed recently it has become true that self-care is a huge part of um, spirituality, especially women's spirituality. That's just something I've noticed. Um, so what makes a, like, what makes the beauty witch a beauty witch then? If it's, okay, all witches sort of do self-care and no, you don't have to have glam Instagram makeup every day. What? Like, I, I thought we were talking about a beauty witch here and it's not how they look. Like, as you can see, I'm wearing no makeup right now and I call myself a beauty witch, but it's the type of magic they do. If a kitchen witch does cooking or kitchen magic, a beauty witch does beauty or glamour magic. And then I'm gonna define that in a minute. And so, uh, yeah, glamour magic. That is the kind of magic that a witch does. And the cool thing about glamour magic is it is old. It is a very old type of magic. I think a lot of people are used to seeing glamour magic a lot in your traditional witchy uh, archetypes you see or like mythical fairy tale stories for instance um, the evil queen turns into an old lady to give Snow White an apple you have and then you have like the whole concept of beauty in the um, fairy tale Snow White right you have Cinderella's fairy godmother gives her crafts are a whole dress and like a whole look out of more out of mundane things that were just around she get, makes her a whole freaking carriage out of a pumpkin um you have uh in the, the movie the craft um i forgot her name but the main character is able you there's like a whole gif or there's like a whole scene but if you've seen the gif she does this and her hair turns blonde that's glamour and glamour magic is very old there's um 
Oh, you see it in the movie The Witch with two V's for a W. The witch who lives in the woods, he or she um, entices, I think his name's like Caleb or something like that. She entices the young boy to come into her cabin, basically be sexually assaulted by dressing as a very voluptuous and beautiful woman. And he's like very much underage, but of like puberty mind. So you can... That's why it works, I guess. But like glamour magic has been attributed to the witch for a very long time. It is very old and there are many books about it. And I'm currently reading Deborah Castellano's book, Glamour Magic, which is very good so far. I love that it takes, it makes, it puts beauty in a different light and context. It makes it very raw. Um, it's not about aesthetics. It's not about um, how you look or like f being beautiful. It's about, using your body to help you get the thing that you want. I just love that book. You should, if you haven't begun reading it, you should. Um, and then there's pieces of glamour magic in other people's books. Like here I have um, Gabriella Herstick's The Craft. I don't know what it's called. This is the UK version of her book. I don't remember what it's called for the US, but she has a whole chapter devoted. Let me go to the table of context. The whole, a whole chapter devoted to fashion magic, which is a subset of glamour magic. Um, why don't we hit up, hit up that chapter really quick. Here we go. So here, I'm going to give you a little excerpt from her book. She says, glamour is more than glamour. While we may be used to hearing the word glamorous, to describe someone who's dressed to the nines, looking all sorts of posh, the truth is this word itself is historically rooted in magic and enchantment. A quote-unquote glamour is a veil that disguises what lies beneath, concealing the real version of something. Fairies are said to use glamour when they appear to us as something other than their true selves. So as you can see, this is something that's very witch, witchy, glamour. Glamour has always been something very witchy. And so... There's many definitions for glamour magic. I actually created my own definition. Again, um, just something that I felt like appealed to me. If you would prefer to create your own definition, I want to encourage you to do so. So for me, my definition here, and I'm reading it off my laptop, is glamour magic is using your aura or appearance, aura and or appearance, because you can do both, to change the energies around you to achieve the outcome you desire. So if you are going to do glamour magic, like if you are going to do it, let's say you wanted to entice um, Snow White to eat an, ap an apple and you wanted to do the glamour, you wanted to look like an uh, old woman um, that's unassuming and unattractive. So that way Snow White can more easily trust you, I guess. I don't really remember the... <laughs> the um, story of Snow White very much. All I remember is that the evil queen just like turns into this old witch lady, I think. Or am I even, am I even, is that even right? Let me Google it. Let's, let's give it a different example. That's a really bad one. Let's say that you want to just like get a job. <laughs> That's a way better example. You want to get a job uh, and you have a job interview coming up. Like you, you applied and now you have an interview. So... To do the glamour magic for the interview, you would do it already. You would dress yourself well. You would probably speak in a different kind of way. Um, speak in your best 
be able to pronunciate really well, speaking your best customer service voice and things like that. You would probably walk a specific way, um, wear a specific kind of perfume and shoes and uh, blazer, stuff like that. All of that's glamour. And the way it works when it comes to like spells is it follows the same traditional spell cycle. You set your intention, you do the work or you cast the spell, and then you release the energies. And when you are doing all of this, everything you're doing, when you're dressing really well for your interview, speaking the way you want to be assumed, you are performing a beauty ritual. That is the thing that you're doing. That is um, the act of glamour magic. I have a definition for that too. And it is applying magical methods to a mundane beauty routine. Very self-explanatory. And there are many different ways to do beauty rituals. You can do little tiny, little tiny beauty rituals, huge, big, grand, robust beauty rituals. Um, and not all of them will help you manifest. Some beauty rituals are good for just one aspect. Like I love thinking about exfoliation as a re releasing ritual. You're not really manifesting anything out of that ritual. Others you can combine with other types of magic like candle magic. The beauty ritual you do could just be you getting ready to do the real ritual and spell. Like, let's say you have a whole coven event that you go to for every solstice and equinox. You could do a beauty ritual on yourself to make yourself the most, like... So if it's putting a veil over yourself using the crafts definition, um, you could do a whole glamour on yourself to turn you into a witch. Like, you could take off your civilian clothes or your, um, like, secret identity and become your true self, the witch, before you go do the other kind of magic you do in your coven. Which is why I personally believe that many different, like, as many witches as possible can utilize glamour without being a beauty witch. Just because it's, like, so accessible and it's something that our current culture is, um, very accepted, accepting of, um almost it's almost obligatory especially for women presenting people to have makeup and stuff like that on and so i want to give you some more examples of beauty rituals to do and all of these are tiny rituals that you could do today so you could paint your nails to correspond to a specific um, energies that you want to bring to the table like red nail polish could symbolize um, love power, energy, intention. I like to wear red nail polish when I really want to, um, like, be, when I really want to show myself as the kind of person who is a protector of all things love and justice. Very Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon has red nail polish. Another thing you can do is you can use a perfume like this one to draw a sigil on yourself so like if I draw a heart here for self-love you can do that um, you can very clearly and intentionally draw your lipstick or lip liner on so that way when you speak you can speak easier with more clarity you can wear a crystal as jewelry um, and then finally my favorite one because it has to do a sound and I'm a huge sound junkie is you can wear shoes that make a sound when you walk that like click on the ground so that way every step you make 
makes a literal ripple. And if you aren't aware what sound is, sound is the aftermath of an, of an event. So if the event is me setting my perfume down on my desk, you hear it. Um, you hear the aftermath of that event, and that's because setting it down creates this ripple. Like I'm, when I set it down, the molecules here touch the molecules on my desk and push them, and it creates a wave um, of the literal desk molecules and then all of the air molecules around it. Like all of the air molecules get squished out and like it creates a literal ripple between all, uh, between all the molecules in the room and anywhere else that it can be heard. So like if people outside my room can hear me do that, then it's literally like moving the door molecules. So that's why sound is also super awesome. But that's another example of a beauty ritual you can do. And so now we're probably, so we went through what I sort of think a beauty witch does. So they do glamour magic by performing beauty rituals. They have a philosophy of self-devotion with a practice of self-care. And you're probably like, yeah, sounds good. I definitely see myself in that aspect, but um, I just now want to throw a wrench in the conversation and tell you that being a beauty witch, if we go back to the original thought of self-devotion and self-care, isn't all about glamour magic and beauty rituals. Because self-care isn't all glamour magic and beauty rituals. So there's that. And I think that is really what makes the difference between a regular um, witch and a beauty witch is the first thing a beauty witch is going to do is focus on the self-care that they need to do before what they need to do to devote themselves to a deity today or how they're going to pray, stuff like that. And like we said, self-care isn't all just bath bombs and face masks. It's journaling. It is um, setting boundaries, removing toxic people from your Facebook. It is um, going against your personal self biases that you've been taught in your life. It, it is doing something like literally stopping and smelling the roses, I would consider self-care. It's me drinking homemade cold brew, that's self-care for sure. To me, a beauty which is first, like when they're thinking about their spirituality, their first and foremost thought process is how is this going to help me continue to do my self-devotion practice? And so I'm gonna read a little bit um, from my notes here because I think this is very important. Simply, self-care is caring for your own physical, mental, and spiritual being in a way that is healthy and beneficial to who you are. It's how you take care of yourself day in and day out. It's how you establish your boundaries and respect your own ethics and morals. It's about being a parent to your inner child. Self-care is dedicating your energy, magic, and spirituality to yourself first and foremost. It's self-devotion. And a beauty witch's primary magical focus is self-devotion. And that's all according to me, right? So this leads me in to the next segment I want to talk about, and that is removing ourselves from the definition of beauty witchcraft and talking about 
just self-care in general because I personally believe that everybody regardless of your spiritual path deserves self-care but if you self-identify as a beauty witch you for sure need to focus on it in all aspects of the word and not just in the beauty way because it is extremely powerful and I believe that everybody deserves to be treated with compassion, understanding, and love, and the very first person who needs to treat you that way is yourself. Um, so now I'm going to take things a little more politically. So I'm a cis white woman, but because I have been raised and identify as a woman, I have been taught that I am supposed to look a certain way. If I don't look that way, I'm deemed unvaluable. I'm told that I am supposed to continue to look the way society wants me to look. And so if I look the way I was supposed to look two years ago, but I look that way today, I'm still deemed unvaluable because I didn't follow the trends or whatever. I'm told to be the adult, be the responsible one, be the one that is controlling everything, but don't look it. Um, pretend that you're not. <laughs> Pretend that it is the man or your boss or somebody else who's the one that's actually t doing it. That Let them take credit. Um, and I'm taught to give, give, give and never expect any anything in return. That it's my job to give because I'm a nurturing mother figure, right? That That is just... If you are also a woman, um, were raised as a woman, or have been identifying as a woman for a while and have been seeing those repercussions in society... Um, you also, I, I'm sure, can understand that. And even if not, you're, you probably have enough empathy to figure it out. Of course, that is just my lens. There are so many different other ones that compound on that, that are complementary to it. I know simply uh, cis men are expected to be, to look a certain way. They're deemed unvaluable if they don't look that way. That's basically for everyone, period. Um, they're deemed to be super strong. You have to be, a, you have to look like you're in charge of everything all the time and you're in control. There, like, there's all of these societal expectations placed upon people. And the more layers you have to you, um, based on your race, your, uh, like, whether or not you were born in the gender that you identify with, um where you were raised, what your nationality is, what languages you speak, all of that compounds on each other and it makes things even more complicated. And so that's why I think self-care is critical to living in society today. So if we just look back at my example of what I experienced personally in um, my daily life, the whole give, give, give and never expect anything back situation, I think is something that as beauty witches or people dedicated to self-devotion and self-care need to address. I am sure it is worse for people <laughs> who have those compound layers. Um, so, but anyway, if you're told to give, give, give and never expect anything back, I think you need to take that concept and flip it on its head. Okay, I am going to give, give, give. That person I'm going to give, give, give to though is going to be myself. So <laughs> I'm following your rules. I'm just doing it in the way that you don't like. If I'm talking to society or whoever quote unquote created that rule. So I think that is extremely important. I'm sure you've heard the analogy of the oxygen mask on an airplane. You cannot put your 
oxygen mask on your child until you put it on yourself. And the concept there is if you're fumbling with an oxygen mask while you don't have one on, you could pass out before you even get it on your child and then no one is helped. Or if you have multiple children or like an elderly person to help or something like that, if you don't help yourself first, you're just going to be a nuisance. like to to the people who truly need it and i think that is so important and i think that's something a lot of people forget about especially people who are in more nurturing caretaking roles um how can you give from an empty cup is what i like to challenge people with when they tell me that they don't like doing self-care and it makes them feel icky i think that's something that is um okay to challenge i think it's okay and valid to feel like self-care makes you icky or makes you feel icky doesn't make you icky But I want to challenge you. How do you plan on pouring from an empty cup? It's so important that your cup is full. It is so important. Pour from an overflowing cup. I want to encourage you to focus on doing that. I understand, though, that if you're dealing with forms of systematic or societal marginalization, if you're differently abled, if you just simply don't have enough time or energy, that that is way easier said than done. People who don't have kids, they are perfectly abled, um, they have a ton of money, (laughs) they have time to go get a massage and do a full-blown beauty full moon ritual and sit around and listen to the birds on their back patio. Like, I get it. I get that not everybody has that luxury. And so I want to encourage you to just begin to change your mindset. If you still don't have time, to do the things that you wish you could do to make your cup overflow, how can you change the things that you do have time to do? If you have to drink water to survive, for example, how can you change the cup that you use to a cup that makes you feel better? I actually do this. I've actually fallen in love with this water bottle recently because of the size of it. It can hold a whole liter of water. But um, before I used this one, I actually used one that had glitter in it. And like when you turned it upside down or like moved it to drink, the glitter would shift. I did that because it made me feel more magical. How can you take, um, write sigils on your cup or take a piece of paper and put your intention and tape it to your cup so that way you're drinking um, water that is endued, endued? I don't think that's a word. That is infused, we'll use that word, with the intention that you want. How can If you paint your nails, and that's something you already have time to do, how can you just choose your color more intently, with more intention? Um, If you already feel like you're obligated to wear makeup, how can you wear makeup that truly makes you feel good and truly is magical to you? Maybe you just start changing the brands of makeup you use to be plant-based makeup. Maybe you buy makeup that is all from um, black creators. Maybe you don't wear makeup anymore. Maybe that's the way you do self-care. You hate wearing makeup and so you stop. And so instead you focus on skincare that allows you to not wear makeup, especially if you still feel obligated to look a certain way based on your job or um, where you go. I understand. That is just something that we have to deal with. But I think that um, it's so important to view self-devotion very seriously and as something that needs to come first in your life. Um, Something as simple as the kind of foods you eat, the kind of um, things you drink, the kind of movement you do, and the kind of sleep you get, all to me are considered a part of beauty. And just thinking about how to change the things you're already doing in your life 
to focus on things that will fill your cup instead of deplete it is so important and I want to encourage you to do it. And then, now I want to get to the part that sucks. <laughs> and that is talking about self-care that sucks. <laughs> self-care is not just fun things that help you fill your cup. Um, it is also bad things. <laughs> if I'm going to be completely honest, shadow work is self-care. If you don't know what shadow work is, that's okay. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out. But self-care is also very internal. It's things like setting boundaries, even when you're uncomfortable doing so. It's things like um, uh, dismantling internal biases you have and that you've always thought were true or that you've learned. It's about things like ex uh, ass assessing and dealing with trauma you have faced in your life. That is all self-care and it all sucks, trust me. Um, for me, even the aspect of beauty and self-devotion is shadowy because I've been always taught that I'm supposed to give, give, give and never take. And so constantly having to battle the you're being selfish, this makes you selfish and therefore unworthy mindset, like that little voice in my mind that's like, you suck, why are you doing this, like this isn't good, um, that alone is shadow work and self-care. And so I want to talk about that too, because if your self-care routine is all aesthetically pleasing and very pretty, I want you to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, it's making me happy. It looks very pretty, um, but what else can it do for me? How can I make this shadowy? How can I make the bath ritual I'm about to go do not about manifesting and putting golden light in, into me, but instead drawing out the toxicity, drawing out the, um, I always imagine like trauma inside as like this inky substance, like this blue inky substance. Like how can I draw that out? How can I exfoliate the day away instead of trying to draw things in? Because even a sponge needs to be wrung out every once in a while. Like you can't just absorb, 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 even if all the stuff you're absorbing is good, you know? Um, and I mean, it doesn't have to be beauty focused either. Like meditation and meditating and forgiving yourself for things that you've done is shadowy self-care. <laughs> I hate doing that, but I have to do it. Stretching your comfort zone, um, that is a shadowy part of self-care that everybody talks about in such like positive ways. Like, oh, if you're not used to going like whitewater rafting every Saturday, like stretch your comfort zone, get out there. Like, okay, that's gonna take a lot of mental work as well. And that's all a part of self-care. And then of course, sticking to and establishing boundaries is very important. Um, sticking up for yourself in general, I think is a huge shadowy part of self-care. And so now we're going to get into the part of the, the beauty witch definition that I think truly makes it. So a beauty witch believes in self-devotion as the philosophy and self-care as the practice. But what makes the beauty witch the beauty witch and not just a witch who uses beauty rituals and glamour magic is the idea that this is something they do regularly, almost daily. Um, it's a habit. I personally think everybody deserves and should have a self-care habit. Um, most people do, honestly. Like if you brush your teeth, that is a self-care habit you got going on. But I think people need to do more spiritual, sacred self-care habits. Personally, that's my own personal thing. That's like literally my freaking mission statement. Um, 
So I may be biased towards <laughs> habitual spiritual self-care, um, but honestly, self-care is the thing that keeps you going. Habits in general. Habits are the thing that keep you going when you don't feel like it, right? And so self-care habits are the things that keep you feeling good even when you're not in a good time. So you can think about it this way. If you're somebody that gets depressed very often um, and you don't have any beauty ritual habits that help you feel better, when you get into the bad times and you can barely get out of bed, you don't have anything to cling on to. And so if you begin practicing beauty rituals as a spiritual self-care habit during the good times, when you do feel good and you feel like you have a lot of energy, you will have something to cling to, even if you can't do it in the moment of not getting out of bed. So for instance, let's say your regular spiritual self-care habit is every Saturday, or let's do something more frequent. Let's do every, let's just do every day. Every day, you use a very specific body moisturizer that you've purchased from your favorite shop and it smells amazing. And every day you use it, right out of the shower. That's just something you do every day. And it has become a spiritual self-care habit. Every time you put it on, you imagine yourself putting on the veil, the glamour, um, to turn you into your truest, highest form. So you just like moisturize yourself every day. And then that's during the good times. And you've done it frequently enough that it's almost, you could just do it without even thinking. Like you just, all of a sudden you're just grabbing the bottle of moisturizer and you're like, yeah, I'm doing it. You, you go and you purchase it. Like you need to buy, buy toilet paper and <laughs> food. Like it's just like a thing that's on your grocery list. And so on the bad times, when you can't even get out of bed, let alone shower, like you just can't do it because, you know, you're depressed. When you, you can guide yourself to these spiritual self-care practices as a way to continue moving, even if you can't do it in that moment. It's something you can look forward to. It's something that when you tell yourself lying in bed and you're like, okay, maybe today I can't get out of bed, but that is okay. But tomorrow maybe I can try and I can go towards, I have something, I have something that I know works. I know how to moisturize my whole body. I'm not setting up this huge routine for myself, all these huge expectations. I know how to shower and I know how to moisturize. Even if I don't have time, even if I can shower, maybe I can at least put it on my hands. Like you have something to move forward to. And it's with these tangible habits, spiritual self-care habits that will help you continue moving forward, at least in my experience. It, it's been my experience that when I have products, literally, this sounds so consum like <laughs> consumerism, capitalist. When I have products that I love and I can look at and I already have in stock at my house that have been a part of my established self-care routine, even when I feel like crap, just looking at them makes me feel better. Even the ones that I, like, mainly the ones I've created, to be honest. Like, I have I have some of them that um, I've romanticized, and they make me feel very special. Like, I have some fancy Korean face masks I got at the Asian supermarket. I have um, this really beautiful um, hand lotion that I purchased from Marshalls that I really like. I have the perfume I was just showing you a few minutes ago that I really, really enjoy. And then I also have, like my own toner I've created, my own face mo moisturizer and stuff. And just 
looking at those things, like those help me feel better and get out of bed because I can, I already know what to do. I already know how it feels. I already know, I already know it works. There's no, there's no, um, expectations. There's no like, all right, I'm going to start a whole brand new skincare routine and I'm going to start exercising every day. No, it's just like, oh, I have this perfume and I smell it. Like if that's all I can do, that's all I can do. But at least it gives me something to do and I'm not just spiraling <laughs> out of control in bed, you know? And so that's why I think that as a beauty witch, what makes her the beauty witch is the regularity of it, is the um, continuous motion of creating these habits and building upon them and making it a regular part of your self-care routine or your witchcraft. And so this is the end of the podcast. I want to throw it back to you and ask you, okay, after this podcast, what is your definition of a beauty witch? Do you still feel like you want to be a beauty witch? Does this term still entice you? Is it something that you still identify with? What's your definition? And I want to implore you to begin journaling. So at the end of every podcast, I'm going to give you a journal prompt. And that's the journal prompt for today is what is your definition of a beauty witch? Um, thank you so much <laughs> for hanging out with me for about an hour. I think it was like 45 minutes. I, uh, this was super fun. I'm really excited to continue doing this every week. Um, you'll get a podcast from me every Friday, which is the Venus Day. Um, I'm not really somebody who is devoted to Venus, but I think that's really cool um, aspect of Fridays. And also, please don't forget, if you want to hear more from me, to sign up for my weekly love notes. I also send a love note to my subscriber list every Friday. Um, you can go to selfcare.vellamore.com. There will be a link in the description of the YouTube video or in the show notes. Um, so you can just click that link and sign up and you'll get a love note from me. So thank you so much again for hanging out with me. I will see you guys next week. Bye.